The Feminist Press is a partner of Fierce Women Writing. Founded in 1970 and celebrating their 50th anniversary, The Feminist Press seeks to create a world where everyone recognizes themselves in a book. A nonprofit and independent publisher, they support storytelling that ignites movements and inspires social transformation. The Feminist Press lifts up insurgent and marginalized voices from around the world to build a more just future. Learn more about their books at feministpress.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, a podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Sandra Miller Linhart. Sandra Miller Linhart is an award-winning author and member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, the Missouri Writers Guild, and the Military Writers Society of America. Her award-winning titles include Diary of an Unkempt Woman, Daddy's Boots, and Picosaurus Mac. Her titles can be found on Amazon as well as libraries and brick-and-mortar bookstores. Welcome to the show, Sandra. Hi, thanks. Sandra, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? Uh, so I don't really have any ideal conditions to write other than what's in my head because I do a lot of writing in my head. And then once I have it, like I'll be in the shower. So most of my writing is done in the shower <laughs> uh, or places or driving, long drives and stuff. And then when I sit down, um, then it comes out. So the ideal writing condition for me is just after I thought it through. Now, also, once I think it through and I write it down on paper, sometimes I have to change it all. But um, that's, yeah, I can write pretty much anywhere. (laughs) Do you audio record what you're thinking or record it in some way as you're traveling or showering, I guess? (laughs) (laughs) No, um, unless it's like if I wake up with a, a really good thought I have a book by my bed and I just jot it down so I don't forget because that's the only time I really forget there isn't a time that I'm not when I'm working on a book there isn't a time that I'm not in the background running that program in my brain so um it it goes through and and um and sometimes sometimes you know after I thought it through and I write it down and it doesn't work out well um it makes it a better story story when I go back and redo it. So um, just the failures are almost as important. Well, actually, they are as important as the as what ends up on paper, because it gets me there. If that makes sense. It does. Okay. Why do you write? Um, It gives me a voice. For so long, I felt like... um, nobody heard me and not that I had anything really important to say, but it just, it felt like I wasn't 
allowed to express my my thoughts and my feelings and you know what was going on inside my head so I started writing in high school I was pretty much a loner I had friends but I you know we writers are weird people so I started writing stories in high school and my friends would read them and it gave me a sense of belonging I guess and uh, purpose and so um, I just never stopped what are your best writing tips? Uh, my best writing tips are to just write. And um, it doesn't matter what you write because, you know, we don't have the typewriter anymore and what we do. But, you know, the computer, you can cut and paste. And and it doesn't matter if it's tripe. It doesn't matter if it's, um, you know, at the time that you're writing, you're thinking it's brilliant. and But then you go back and read, you're like, what is this? <laughs> So my, just, just write and, and, and let it flow and don't try to edit yourself as you're writing because you really, you stifle your creativity. And even though it, you probably don't want anybody to see what you've written, um, until you tweak it enough, then, um, nobody else is going to see it. So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what you write, just write. What are your suggestions for someone trying to overcome a block? Try not to overcome the block. Um, just because the more you work on overcoming a block, the more blocked you are. So when I find myself in that, I sit down and I read or I um, start another story. I have a lot of stories started. Um, and, or, or just take a, you know, just take a, a, a walk or watch a movie or, or something to take your mind off what it is you're blocked. What about editing and revising tips? Uh, don't edit your own work. You want to edit, you want to edit and edit and edit. And as a writer, um, I've heard this many times, people don't ever think their baby's ready. So I will edit and rewrite and edit and rewrite. And, and I think, okay, that's done. And I go, oh, wait, no. And I read it again and, and change it and change it and change it. Every time I pick up a piece, I change it. And at some point you have to say stop. And then you have to give it to somebody else to edit it. And I don't mean an editor. At a, I mean like a friend that you trust or, or somebody who, you know, knows grammar. <laughs> because I know that when I read something I've written, I will read it the way I thought I wrote it. Yep. And then somebody else will read it and say, did you really mean to put that word in there? And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> that's not the right word. <laughs> so you don't, you can't see, when you know what you're saying, you can't see your mistakes. No matter how many times you read it, because you'll always read what you thought you wrote. Can you estimate your submission to publication ratio? <laughs> um, <laughs> um <laughs> Probably about. Uh, I love that response. <laughs> probably about um, one for every hundred I submit, if not more. Yeah, hmm. yeah. It's thank you. It's 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 a scary. Oh, okay, and I'm going to say something that's probably not going to make me very popular. The best way to get published is go to an independent publisher. The seven main publishers, the big ones, the ones you want, the ones you want to have on your, you know, bio, they primarily only publish stars. If you're Stephen King or somebody like that, yeah, you're going to get published. If you're um, Billy Joel or 
Billy Crystal, yeah, you're going to get published. But if you're Sandra Miller Linhart, they're going to say, who are you? And they're, chances are they're not going to publish you. Um, I mean, I'm not saying don't try. Absolutely try. But if you, the independent publishers really give you hands-on and they, and they really guide you, especially with your first book. They really guide you and they help you and they don't treat you like a number. They treat you like that's their business and um, you are their business. You, you know, your success leads to their success. Who are some other women writers that we should be reading right now? Oh, um, Elizabeth Berg. I love her writing. So she wrote What We Keep, um, Escaping into the Open. And I don't have the book I really, really liked um, because I, I have a problem. I lend out my books and then I always think, well, somebody will give them back. But they never do because they're so good. She wrote a book about surviving divorce. Um, it was a... a fiction so it wasn't like how to survive a divorce but it was about a woman who basically survives her divorce and it just spoke to me because I've been divorced twice but the last time was really um, hard for me to move through and the book spoke to me yeah also Mary Higgins Clark just died and that makes me really sad because I read her in high school um she wrote a book called Where the Children, and it was just, it gripped me because she, ha- I don't know if you've ever read it, and I, I like Stephen King and, and those kinds, kinds of books, but she writes mysteries. She, she wrote mysteries. Like I said, she just recently passed. And um, so Where the Children is a, a book about um, a woman who loses her two children, and through a whole book, there's all these little hints and stuff and like somebody found a mitten but didn't say because they didn't think it was important stuff like that little tidbits all throughout the whole book and you're like screaming just tell her you know so they can put the pieces together so they can find these kids and she did it so well and so that book hooked me and every time she put out a new book I went and bought it and it you know it wasn't anything deep or it's just she writes she wrote really well and where can listeners find you online? Okay, so I have a website, Sandstar Books, S-A-N-D-S-T-A-R books.com. And also, you know, all my books are on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, so you can find them at your favorite online bookstore as well. Sandra, would you read some of your work for us now? Absolutely. So um, I had a blog called Diary of an Unkept Woman that I would just write daily diatribe (laughs) and uh so after i got over my bitterness from my divorce um i decided to turn over new leaf and i um took some of the writings from the blog and i turned it into a book this is a little short story called age less and it's in this book diary of an unkempt woman my oldest friend is 87 whereas my oldest friend is 47. My youngest friend is 21, whereas my newest friend is 31. When I was 21, I felt 46, without the heartaches and experiences and laugh lines which come with time. Now that I'm 46, I'm still 21, still wishing on stars, believing in, and hoping for the best. My face has changed, 
but old friends recognize me. My body has changed, but old clothes fit me. I've not changed, not really. Nobody told me hair would start to grow where none did before. And where there was hair, it would begin to fade away, or run wild like kudzu. No one explained why gray hair is coarser, nails become thicker while skin becomes thinner, and even though your eyesight may dim, your perceptions won't. When I'm talking with my 31-year-old friend, we feel like equals to me. Yet when I listen to my 87-year-old friend, I don't notice she's any older than me. I hear people younger than me complain about their aches and pains. I have none yet. I hear people older than me brag about their aches and pains and how much medicine they're on. I'm not on any yet. It befuddles me when I think of all the time that has passed between 21 and 46, and yet I don't feel a quarter of a century older. Smarter? Wiser? Who knows? Doesn't feel like it. I'm not saying I haven't changed at all. It doesn't feel any different from where I sat 25 years ago. In three plus years, these fingers will have had half a century of sand pass through them. Why didn't anyone let me in on the secret of aging? That was great. It was beautiful. Did you want me to read another one? Sure. Yeah, you can. You can <laughs> really? Okay. That'd be great. Hold on. Let me see if I can find one. Are you kidding me? This is my life. I get to listen to authors read their work every day. It's fun. It's the best thing in the world. Okay, let me see if there's another one here. Okay, this is kind of, so I have five daughters. And um, I've had some experiences where men, they just objectify women. And some women do too, but they, you know, they look at my daughters and they're like, Ooh, she's hot. And I'm like, no, she's a child. Knock it off, <laughs> you know? And, um, so they're all adults now, but, um, it just struck me. This is a real short, short story about my daughter. She's, um, 22 now, but this was when she was in that in-between age when you don't know if you're an adult or a child and she so this she'll probably hate me for reading this story but this is called awkward joe's at the age where she's two different people one on the inside the other on the out if you're a mother of a daughter or even a woman without you know of what i speak i see the little girl in her i notice the woman trying to emerge it's both heartbreaking and amazing at the same time the other day she was taking a bath and she yelled at me to mom come here so i did she sat in a tub full of bubbles to her eyebrows and looked very much like a young woman she handed me some tin cooking toys her dad had given jack and her a bit ago cooking toys equal pots and pans utensils all made out of flimsy tin from china no doubt the girls played with the toys in the bath in the past and they, the toys, not the girls, had rested in the cupboard since. Take these away and toss them, please, she said. They're gross. And there's more in here, indicating the cupboard. But one has a spider web on it, and I don't want to touch it. I picked up the rusted toys and took them to the kitchen to toss. I came back for more. As I gathered up the plastic coffee maker with the carafe, she reached out her hand and softly, and a tad embarrassed, said, no, not that one. I'm playing with that. 
my little girl who still plays with children's toys in the bath may look like she's ready for womanhood. But every real mother knows, no matter how many clueless guys say she's hot, or that they like to teach her a thing or two about being a real woman, she's still just a caterpillar trying to emerge from her chrysalis into the butterfly she will someday become. But not too soon. Because as you know, if a butterfly is forced or helped, she'll never truly learn to fly. Life isn't about sex, nor is it about hotness. I can't wait for the day we evolve, if we ever do evolve, into thinking, caring, loving beings who have more on our minds than sex with underage or hot young girls. That almost made me cry. <laughs> you, you made me cry. I'm crying right now. <laughs> wow, Sandra. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm got tears going down my face. I'm like, what the heck? Is it, is it, is it rude to cry at your own writing? <laughs> I was, I was on a radio show the other day and I was reading a children's book and it's called, um, so, so. I was married to the military for 20 years. And I say that because my ex-husband was military. I was not. So I can't say I was in the military, even mm-hmm. though I felt like I was. I mean, for 20 years, I was in the military. Yeah. But just not getting paid for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so the very first book I published was called Daddy's Boots. And it's a deployment book um, for children, obviously. And... Because raising my five kids as military brats, there were no real good books. Since then, there are really great books, but there weren't any when I was raising them. So I, I wrote a book, and um, I uh, so I was reading. So I, so I have Daddy's Boots and Mama's Boots, and then I have But What If and Grandpa What If. And the Daddy's Boots and Mama's Boots are about deployment. You know, Daddy's going away, Mama's going away, and But What If and Grandpa What If are books about separation anxiety when the parent is coming back. My kids were afraid that their dad wouldn't remember them. And so they hold these little fears inside their little bodies <laughs> and they don't know how to express them. So these books are, are written so these fears are out in the open and can be dealt with by the parent or the grandparent who is with the kid. And I was reading this, I had, I had a point to the story. I was reading one of the books on, on, on the radio and I started crying <laughs> and I'm like, what is, it, it, what is going on with me? Because I've written this book, yeah. why am I crying still? But um, I don't know what that's about. So I apologize for crying when I read. <laughs> I don't think we should ever apologize for our tears. Uh, you know, so true, but I always do. <laughs> thank you sandra for sharing your writing and your wisdom with us today thank you for having me yeah what do you think about a writing prompt i hate writing prompts (laughs) i really do (laughs) <laughs> I, know. I I um I um so 
Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me um, because I really do hate writing prompts. I, I cannot that talking about writing blocks. When somebody gives me a writing prompt, I have a writer's block. So this week, our writing prompt is to write without a prompt. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Sandy. <laughs> That's, too That's great. That's good. I love it. You, you shook it up. <laughs> what a great conversation that was this week with Sandra Miller Linhart. I love how she talked about how writing is always this program going on in the back of her mind and that it's always running. She's always thinking about it while she's doing something else. And then it all comes out on the paper later. I think it's that way for me too. This week, I've been thinking a lot about how we care for ourselves and how we care for each other. What we truly need to feel grounded and self-actualized and creative. Well, mostly I've been thinking about what I need for that. I've been asking myself, what are my ideal conditions, not only for writing, but for living my life well? And it turns out that most of the conditions I need are pretty simple. Like, I do best when I get nine hours of sleep, but it's not always easy to make that happen for myself. Or at least, I don't always make myself important enough that I prioritize the sleep that I need. Same thing with meditation and playing the ukulele, walking outside, reading, journaling, and giving myself the time to just be and think and dream. What are the simple gifts you can give yourself this week? Maybe it's a silent cup of tea before anyone else wakes up, or reorganizing that closet or bookshelf that's been falling apart. Or maybe it's a long porch sit with one of your besties. I find that the intention we bring to any situation dictates much of how it unfolds for us. Maybe you'll join me this week in supporting not only your writing practice, but your whole life with a few more loving and nurturing actions that make you feel more like yourself. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Woman Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at Fierce Women Writing. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.